It's happy hour again from Central City, New Orleans. Hello, I'm Grant Morris. We're at Casa Borrega on Aretha Castle Haley Boulevard. Casa Borrega is a bar, a restaurant, and a live music venue where you can come down and have food, hear music, and have a cocktail like we're doing right now. Happy hour is part of the family of shows on the podcast network. It's neworleans.com. In the next 60 minutes, you're going to meet just three of the many thousands of fascinating people if you live in New Orleans, and you'll get to hear some live music as well. At the end of the show, you might conclude New Orleans is a great city where people love to talk, have fun, and enjoy great music, or maybe not. But you probably know that already, so let's get right on with doing nothing. But enjoying the next 60 minutes of happy hour together, my fabulous guests sitting around the table today. Uh, you're not going to believe this. I tell you, I've had a lot of interesting people on the show, and each week I'm amazed that we keep on finding more interesting people. But I think we've reached a new level of incredible here. If you listen to this, Lydia Hand is here. Lydia graduated from Tulane University in May of this year with a, B, a BA. I thought it said bar. <laughs> However, there's, there's a period between B and A, right? Yes, there is. There is. It's what a, a, but it's the a, BA doesn't get you that. So. You didn't learn no. that. Did you do English as part of the BA? No, economics. You didn't. Economics. You have a BA in economics and business, I believe. Business, yes. A BA in economics and business. While attending university, Lydia fought competitively and holds the International Chinese Martial Arts Championship World Title. How about that? Indeed, That's absolutely incredible. And the Louisiana State Golden Gloves Championship title. So you're like a kickboxer and a regular boxer. And a boxer, Traditional boxer. I actually started kickboxing. It's not such a difficult transition between the two. Really? Yeah. I can't wait till you kick Jack's ass. <laughs> yeah. Get on with that in a minute. Until the yeah, ready. we're ready for a fight. Until recently, Lydia was the owner of the. G- is that pronounced G O W or Gal? G-O-W. What does that stand for? God of War. God of War. <laughs> Jesus, I'm scared now. Until recently, Lydia was the owner of the G O W Martial Arts Gym, which she has now sold, so she can move to the Yucatan. Okay, this is what I'm saying. Listen to this for a sentence. I've never read this sentence in my life. So she can move to the Yucatan to become a professional scuba diver, leading eco-tours and exploring and charting the extensive underground lake system in Quintana Roo. Yes. Jesus I'm Christ. I'm very what? excited. Where are you from originally? Um, well, I traveled a lot when I was younger. My father actually lives in Southeast Asia, and we lived in Thailand for a little bit. Um, Do you like Obama? <laughs> well, Is I was, from, isn't I was born Thailand in New York City. So okay, you're born in New York City. Okay, so you could be president of the United States. I yeah. could. I wouldn't be surprised if I'm I reading could. that sentence in another couple of years <laughs> as well. Lydia, thanks for being here on Happy Hour. To my left is Billy Patu. Hi, Billy. This is not going to be a great follow-up. I know. This is, <laughs> we're all going to, we all seem so extremely lame compared to that, but we can't all be fabulous kick-ass boxing superstars. Billy is a gra- has a graduate degree as well in clinical psychology, which he has not put to any formal use. Not a bit. Though it's no doubt useful in his current occupation selling real estate for French Quarter Realty. That's correct. See? Yeah. There you go. So there was, it was worth doing that degree sure. for some reason. <laughs> Prior to selling houses, Billy painted them with his company Patu Painters correct. and worked for event planners traveling around the United States planning parties and concerts for large companies. Uh-huh. Well, it's, maybe it's not, you know... I know. It's not, it's not as not the world champion. You get to party. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You get to organize parties. I mean, how bad could that be, really? Well, and sitting across from me is the fabulous Jack Locke. Jack, welcome back to Happy Hour for the fifth time, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I think it is the fifth Unbelievable. time. Unbelievable. Yeah. A veteran. And listen to why Jack is here. He is. Jack was our very first music guest ever on Happy Hour That's back true. in 1963. Okay. Right. Jack is a singer, songwriter, author, game designer, screenwriter, and film director. How about that? Jack's current live music acts include the Jack Locke Rock Show, 
the Nola Treblemakers, the Speakeasy Serenaders, Freak Show to Go, and Jack is a four-letter word, which is funny if you read it because Jack is spelled J-A-K. Well, I should spell that, actually, for anyone listening. J-A-K is Jack, and Locke has got the C in it, L-O-C-K-E. Right. Anyway, uh, Jack's latest recording projects include remastering and reissuing rarities. Breathing, it says breathing. I thought it said breathing. <laughs> breathing new life into older albums and demos and releasing them online. Jack is the writer and director of a movie in progress called Targeted, which was inspired by a screenplay that Jack wrote at the age of six. We've got a lot to get on with today. Has it changed at all? Uh, well, <laughs> sort of yes and no. <laughs> well, well, we'll talk about that in a second, right. actually, but that's a very good question. And my last sentence here... Jack is the author of a brilliant novel called Frog Dell's Junkyard. And as I always say on the show when Jack's on here, if you don't listen to anything else in the show, if you've listened to this much and you're saying at this point, this sounds like a bunch of bullshit, I'm not interested in any of these people and I've got something better to do, at the very least, go online and get a hold of Frog Dell's Junkyard. And I'm not kidding. This, this is, I'm saying this as a person who doesn't read novels. I don't, do you read novels, Lydia? I try to, yes. Do you? You have trouble reading because you, your education is sort of <laughs> lame? Well, she's got that got no, brain I damage. Got that far. <laughs> beating people up. Billy, are you a novel reader? I try. Not as much. I usually have a couple going and they take forever. No, a couple going over years. It's like I have one and then I forget <laughs> about it for a while and I pick another right. one up. What are you currently uh, reading? Uh, a friend of mine wrote a book and it's about, uh, it's called Difficult Men. And it's, uh, it's, mm. it's about the third golden age of television. It's... Uh, it's a guy named Brett Martin, really great guy. He lives here in town. And uh, it's third, what, is the, what is the third golden age he, of television? I, think, I don't know if he made that up or not, but it seems appropriate. He talks a lot about sort of the Breaking Bad, the Sopranos, this whole new genre of television, the cable serial or whatever you want right. to call it. But the, uh, the hero, the anti-hero is the hero, the Soprano, you know, all that kind of stuff. And it just kind of... What is he saying? What's the angle? His angle is just, he talks about the process, the writing room, everything like that. And um, it's just a really interesting time for TV and just how it kind of reflects on life. Again, I'm reading it. I have not finished it. So I'm, okay. we might have to get him on there next. What's it called again? It's called Difficult Men. Difficult Men. Yeah. And what is it saying? Is it saying anything about these? Because there is an interesting similarity between these things that are so popular now. Breaking Bad, mm-hmm. The Sopranos, and The Wire which are the three best things yeah, ever yeah. on television, according to everybody. You know, that's a sort of right, common right. wisdom. And yet they're so dark and so negative and so the characters are so marginal and weird. Well, he's talking about just, I, I think he, his, his book delves more into the, the process of the development of the shows and how we can now, we're not dumbing it down. We're not homogenizing TV like it used to be, sort of over network television. And I think cable and cable television is now brought you know they basically raised the bar so to speak and his book speaks about a lot about that as well as the individuals it doesn't really go into the characters specifically but it goes into the whole process and the and the age so of it's TV, sort of behind the scenes yeah exactly it's a lot behind so it's the not scenes. a sociological or anthropological thing about the place and society of all these things no, it's it just is the in the sense of the, the writers and how they reflect what's going right. on but it's really more about the process and really the concept of tv and where it's going today hmm. it's an interesting thing so he's a great guy. He's a um, really, really bright guy. He writes a lot for Esquire, Bon Appetit, and it's a New York Times reviewed book. I mean, it's like a real book. He's not just some guy. No, okay. Oh, okay. It's not, it's not <laughs> like it's a real book. He's no Jack Locke, with right? His. Yeah, well, no, no, no. <laughs> with my fake <laughs> books and my. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, that your book is published. You published it yourself. Well, it's right? self-published, but, yeah, through uh, but these Amazon. Day, but these days, it doesn't really matter. If you, yeah, it's getting more and more popular. Yeah. Right. Uh, you don't. The the big difference though is whenever you have it published by a uh, legit um, publishing right. house, there's that whole promotional push and the marketing that goes along with that yeah. that you're severely lacking as you know, when you self-publish. Yeah, but that's one author in a million that gets that done for them. It's like the you know, record companies, too. It's true, and, and it's one author in a million of those that ends up actually finding any kind yeah. of uh, real success. Whereas um, these days, you don't need to be dependent way. on that kind of bullshit, and you can do it yourself, which you've done. And I'm telling you, seriously, if you listen to the show, and you're still with us, and you're still thinking about bugging out, at least go online and find Frog Dell's Junkyard. It's on Amazon. You can get it on Kindle and so on, right? Right, yeah. I'm so, I'm, and I, I don't read anything. Really? I mean... Is that your site? Is that like a blog? What is that? What's that? Tell me about... It's a novel. Oh, it's your novel? Uh, yeah, it's oh, a it's novel. Oh, it's the one that you've been writing since you were six. Uh, no, no. no that's, that's, a that's a movie. That, that's a movie. It starts off with no. frog. It's called frog. Targeted. <laughs> no, I started writing Frogdell's Junkyard uh, about, I guess, uh, 12 years ago at this point, and it took me 10 years to write it, and I finally put it out in 2010. Oh, what's, right. what's the one sentence that would someone said to you, what's Frogdell's Junkyard about? What would you say? Uh, it's a political satire. Um, yeah, that's... <laughs> That's about as small as okay, I can condense it. Okay, it's a political Okay, mm-hmm. it is, and it's very clever. It doesn't take really. You wouldn't well, say. Let me, it's on let me amend of. that. Uh, it's a political satire that you don't need to know anything about politics about to read. Yeah, uh, even better. Well, it's uh, not Republican or Democratic right, or anything. No, no like there's that. no agenda. It actually, right. uh, the whole point, a lot of the point of me writing it was to sort of. Um, there's a word that's uh, escaping me right now. So Drunk. Uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't it. I think it was quality. Quality is the word you're. No, it, it kind of uh, it, it kind of does away with that whole. Um, it tries to sort of lampoon the whole. You know, you should well, subscribe it's, to yeah, one. Right. You know, party or the other. It transcends politics. Right. Well, no, I wouldn't go that far. But oh well, I'm trying to help you out. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's really fucking. It's good. a book. It's, the main that, thing. That it's a great written. read. There you would go. you would you have been able to self publish the way you have now without ebooks having become so popular? Uh, well, yeah. Uh, the I wouldn't have been able to self-publish if it weren't for uh, Amazon Create Space. That's what I put it out through. Originally, it was a paperback before okay. it was. Um, it was actually. So is there, was it already urging. self-published before you put it through? Oh, Amazon? Before I put it on okay. Kindle. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Have you sold any? I've sold a few. Yeah. Have you got reviews? Have people reviewed it and said they liked it or hated yeah, it? Yeah, I've, I've had a, a few reviews. Yeah. Has anyone said it sucks? Not yet. Still waiting on that. That's good. I guess that helps in a way. (laughs) (laughs) Some sort of a... Some encouragement. (laughs) Hey, so Lydia, um, have a drink. Don't let me stop you drinking. See, I watch you pick up that glass of whatever we're drinking. You're obligated to to pause. We we have to find out what it is. I notice you've got beautifully manicured hands. Oh, Look how gorgeous that looks. Thank you. This is French cut... Yes, Nails. the friendship. How can you punch somebody in the face with that? Nail? That was my question. Oh, sorry. Thank you, Billy. No, no, I don't well, know. Well, actually, they're a little long right now, so I've noticed that when I um, make my hand into a fist and I make contact, um, be it a bag or a face, they kind of dig in, so I have to get them a little bit shorter. Um, you make contact with someone's face when you hit them? Yes. You're not yes. wearing gloves when you do that? Not I boxing am, gloves? but um, when I hit someone's face... It still pushes my hand back and pushes my nails into my hands. So I thought uh, those boxing gloves were so big that your ha- your nails wouldn't go anywhere near your palm. Oh, you can feel it. You can. Well, it oh, the nails are shoved into the end. Of it the also depends what type of gloves you're wearing. What type do you wear? Um, well, for bag work, I tend to wear heavier gloves, and for if I'm sparring, I wear lighter gloves. Um, and if I'm shadow boxing, I wear no gloves at all. And if I'm hitting a bag, uh, I wear whatever I want. And if you listen to this and you haven't seen any photos of Lydia on Facebook, which you can go onto our Facebook page and see photos from the show, uh, 
would you go? I mean, you're two regular looking guys. These are two handsome guys, actually. Aren't they? <laughs> she's a pretty girl. She's and gorgeous. She scares the hell out of me now. She's, go- she's gorgeous <laughs> she's looking. She's a very pretty girl. Yeah. And, and I just really want to see her beat somebody up now. It's amazing that you, you look so normal and, and pretty. That Aren't you scared of getting your nose broken or your eye gouged out or something? Well, nowadays they have a pretty good reconstructive surgery. <laughs> Thank God for that, right? <laughs> Thank That's God for plan. that. But the, well, the. <laughs> Plan A is to not really get hit at all in the face. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> you're a fighter. That's the ultimate goal. But yeah, it happens. Um, it's surprising, though. You know, I thought that going into this when I was sparring or training or in a fight, I'd come out. And, you know, if you get hit, you kind of expect from the movies or something like that, you're going to come out with a black eye or a broken nose. But um, it, not not so much, you know? Like, your, your neck is a little sore because your head's twisted and uh, your face might be a little swollen, but I have almost had no black eyes and uh, no broken bones. And you're bones. a world champion yes. fighter. Yes. Can, well, you know, we're going to talk about a world champion fighting in a minute. Let's, we're going to come back to that. I'm gonna, uh, but we've got two things to do. What, Jess, one thing was we have to find out what we're drinking because on last week's show... We had a competition to name the Happy Hour cocktail. And the winner of the Happy Hour naming contest was Kotinga Soft, software developers. So this week, and for the next three weeks, our Happy Hour cocktail is the Kotinga Soft cocktail of the week, which is today. And, this, and the, cons- the creator of it is Jess, the bartender and manager here at Casa Borrega. So Jess, tell us what we're drinking. Well, you're drinking a pomegranate with cassis tea. It has fresh orange juice, cassis, which is a blueberry liqueur, a little bit of rum, and an iced tea. And you made that up? Yeah, of course. (laughs) How do you you come up with one? You just have Uh, a feeling? It depends on what's in my head that day, I guess. Okay. What was in your head this afternoon? Uh, I needed some caffeine, and I thought it would be good to be fruity. Mm, Fruity caffeine with with a shot of rum. Basically, yeah. It's not a bad job. You have to actually. add good booze. It's yeah. excellent. It's yeah, an really awesome good. job. Well, how do you it's like really it, you guys? I think it's great. It tastes like tea with a little kick. It's really good. Yeah. Well, I'm almost done with mine, no, so clearly we have to have good. <laughs> yeah, we go. have a giant picture of them. Okay, so the Katinga Soft, that's a Katinga Soft Happy Hour Cocktail. What is the name of it? A Katinga Soft. Oh, that's what we're just calling it. That's what we're going to call it. Okay. Yeah. The Katinga Soft Happy Hour Cocktail of the Week. Okay. That's it. Okay, one Jess, every thanks. Thursday, of course. All right, so we'll be another one next week, a different one. Yes. Okay, very good. We'll right. keep creating. Okay, thanks. Mm-hmm. So then I thought the next thing we should do after that is because, you know, I've got the whole thing planned out here, as you can see. Oh, excellent. <laughs> oh it's blank. <laughs> um, I think the next thing we should do is have it listen to a song from Jack Locke, don't you? Oh, excellent. And then okay. we're going to come back and after that and talk about international punching <laughs> and violence. Yeah. And so kicking. And kicking. So, Jack, um, yes. what, what's the... Ca- I should say that I've been trying to get Jack back on the show... Even though he's been on here a million times before. Well, I think we tried like eight or nine yeah, times. Yeah, and every time I try to get you on, you're in Homer. Is that, just, Homer. A, is that just a line that you use on No, it's not. <laughs> a good line. I would never use a line on you. Well, it's, uh, what are you doing in Homer every week? Uh, we have a lot of shows with the NOLA Troublemakers out there, the 1950s band that I do. Um, we, we have a regular gig out there, and it's usually on Thursdays. Uh, so, ah, that explains it, because yeah. we do our show on, we tape our show on Thursday. Right. So wh- where are you playing in Homer? Uh, it's, a, it's, it's a club called The Boxer in the Barrel. Um, it's just Strange down the street. Strange coincidence. Yeah, look at that. The yeah, Boxer. How about that? Didn't even think of that. <laughs> What's the logo? Uh, it's a barrel. 
Not anything to do with boxing. There, there's no boxer, yeah. That's with um, a fist in it. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking that too. Why wouldn't they take the word boxer off that, I wonder? It would be cheaper to print. I don't know. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway, the boxer in the barrel, and you play there every Thursday night with the Well, not every one. Thursday. Usually, like. Um, every Thursday, I want you on the show. Thursday, anyway, every right. Thursday that you want me, right? So, um, the Troublemakers is a 50s band that plays like retro 50s music. Correct, yeah. 50s rock and roll. So what are you going to play for us right now? Uh, I was thinking if y'all want to back me up on the choruses of this one, it's super easy. Uh, the words mean, are, like, sing? I ain't got nobody, and I'm so sad and lonely. I think y'all can handle that. Aww. Oh, my God. Oh, oh man. God, man. <laughs> That's asking know. a bit much. but uh, I didn't know if this was going to be part of it. <laughs> no, we don't usually have audience participation, actually. Well, we're not the audience, I suppose. That's why. I can't stop looking look at this, these manicured. Look at this. I know. Aren't you staring at that as well? It's crazy. We need to get a photo of your manicured hands. This is a Louis Prima tune. Sometimes we'll do it with the Troublemakers. Most recently, I've been doing it with the Speakeasy Serenaders, which is another um, another group that I do. And this does Prohibition era and Dixieland music. So, just a gigolo. Here we go. I'm so sad 
like this awesome barrage of energy I was and not expecting. Next that to it, was I mean, fantastic. Just to be close to it is kind of awe-striking. It's, yeah. it's so right next to me. It's weird. <laughs> he looks like a normal guy. I does. He does. You wouldn't look at him walking down the street. You might pass him and think, that just looks like a nice-looking guy with a pair of glasses and a nice haircut and a regular-looking shirt. And then he does that. And then yeah. he whips out the guitar. Yes. Pretty nifty. Good work, Jack. Thank you. That was awesome. That was hilarious. <laughs> that was <laughs> funny, too. Yeah. But Jack yeah. has a, right. Some of them, I mean, we should probably tell the stories about how many times you've been kicked out of places. Oh, yeah. yeah. Why? He's been, he's been kicked out of actual shows. venues, yeah. even though, you know, people are coming and buying drinks. Are you surly? But why? Because he's, he's crazy. He's a wild guard. Made the locals nervous or something. I've been kicked out of, I think, four or five. Five different states now. You need uh, to bring venues in five up. different states. You need a backup. <laughs> wow. There you go. Yeah, there you go. Oh, I like this. I like this duo. <laughs> anyway, Jack, thank you so much. We'll have another thank song you. in a little while. Thank you. In the meantime, Lydia, tell us what attracted you first to beating the crap out of people. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure if I thought of it at first exactly that way, but um, my coach actually taught um, a kickboxing class at Tulane University. How did you even have a coach? How did, that, how did you start out getting into this? Well, that's it. He uh, taught kickboxing at but Tulane how, University. So you just signed just up for a kickboxing up, class? I just signed up for a kickboxing class with my fellow okay. Tulane students. Um, and I'm trying to figure out why you would sign up for a kickboxing class. For example, you went. did you go to Tulane? Loyola. Loyola. Did you sign up for a kickboxing class? No. No. Jack, did you go to a college anywhere? I went to Nichols State. Then. And did you sign up for a kickboxing class? No. <laughs> Graham DePonte, our producer, did you sign up for a kickboxing class when you were in college, becoming a lawyer? No. Chris Kehoe. Law school. You, did, you could have used one. Chris, you went to college and graduated recently from Loyola. Did you sign up for a kickboxing? There you go. Almost nobody in this room has signed up for a kickboxing class. Why? Well, I guess it's just it, were, um, it seemed like a good way to stay in shape and uh, learn some self-defense. And okay, so, that's so you were concerned about self-defense? A little bit, yeah. Um, I thought it's just a good, basic, fundamental to know as you go through life. Um, so I signed up, and uh, I met my coach, Coach Spider, there. And I had a lot of fun, and he said that if I enjoyed it, he sh- um, I should, uh, after the class was finished, go to his dojo ah, off campus. That sounds good, like a line. Good line. Yeah. On yeah. Fred hey. Street. <laughs> you want to go to my right. dojo? <laughs> Come back to my dojo. Even if you like this class, wait till you see what I've got back at the dojo. <laughs> But he had, he had um, an assistant coach with him. Her name was Stephanie. Um, she became a good friend of mine. Um, and she trained there, and he had some of the guys from the dojo come to class at the Riley Center um, and spar with us a little bit and show us some stuff. And it just, it looked, what they were doing looked so much cooler. They looked so awesome. They were just, you know, doing these crazy kicks on the bag and stuff. Uh, and I thought that like looked like so movie. much fun. Exactly. And I wanted to be one of the cool guys. So <laughs> I went to the dojo on Ferret Street, and um, I guess when you're just kind of in like a cultural immersion and you're you know kind of surrounded by that environment, it stops seeming so foreign and strange, and it just kind of happens organically. It's you know? Chinese. It's uh, San Shao is Chinese, actually. That's what I have my black belt in. Um, it's Chinese kickboxing. Uh, when you say you're culturally immersed in it, what, so what culture is it? Just, um, you know, the fight culture, the boxing culture, kickboxing, you know, the idea that it's, you know, natural. It's what you do to get into a ring, <laughs> you know, with somebody and for two minutes, you know, try to beat the crap out of each other. Um, but kickboxing is, too, is quite different from regular boxing, right? Kickboxing is its own, total own sport. Yeah, that's what it you is, started it's, off It is its own, spa- its own sport, and that's what um, 
That's what I started off in was kickboxing. And that's what you're the world champion. Yes. So how do you become a world champion at, at anything? Well, how did you? What, what were the stages? So you got you went to this class and you discovered right. you were good at it. I assume. No, my coach likes. <laughs> no. Okay. When everyone, when anyone ever asks um, how I looked in the beginning, you know, if he always knew that um, I was going to do what I did. He said, no, God, she was terrible. <laughs> like, her kick was awful, but she was trying so hard. But that's, just, you know, that's him saying if it wasn't for me, she'd be nothing. No, no, that's that just was, bullshit, I think I'm that sure. was more of a, yeah, I think it was more an ode to perseverance and determination. Um, but I was, um, I started training like four to six hours a day, six days a week. While you're in school, so well, doing a BA in, in economics and business. Yep. Economics and business must be pretty easy. <laughs> you can spend four days a week kicking ass and then um it uh not so much Shh, it's a secret. i think don't tell anybody <laughs> especially not too late yeah don't tell so Tulane. don't you, tell Tulane i breeze through so there are you off. super bright and intelligent as well as being a world champion i am focused very focused um when i want to be and uh i i set goals and i pursue them um so i wanted so you can to do, graduate you can do anything I think anybody can can do something that they really set their mind to, as cheesy as that sounds. Um, but mm. I just, I kind of eliminated all other distractions besides, you know, training and, and school. I didn't really do the whole college thing where I went out and partied. Did you have a boyfriend or girlfriend or anything? I, <laughs> I had a boyfriend. Um, my How'd you have time for that? I didn't really. Oh, that was actually, that was, I had a boyfriend before I started training. <laughs> And did he come along on the ride with you? Or? No. <laughs> I started training after I broke up with him. She kicked his ass. And yeah. No. He's gone. God, that would be like the greatest girlfriend of all time, I would think. No. Or the worst. I don't or the one worst. Or Still yeah. one of the no, two. No, I, mean, I can't imagine. <laughs> if, imagine, look how beautiful that he is. Imagine if she was in love with you, for real. That I'd was really your girlfriend, and she could also go kick anybody's ass. I'd take a couple punches <laughs> for that. i got to admit. Yeah, I guess you'd have to stay in line because yeah, like, you wouldn't want. This is my want girlfriend, and she's yeah. going to kick your ass. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good T-shirt. He said something mean to me. <laughs> You're not a violent person in real life, though, I assume. Oh, no. No. Well, actually, like, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, so you've got my back type thing but um your assault with a deadly weapon once you start uh you? once you start really? competing yeah so if you got into a fight they really would pull that out like if if it wasn't self-defense if you couldn't prove it self-defense yeah so it, so i'm i'm have very good control so if, over my temper <laughs> so if we were out i got in a fight with some person but see I would not win and <laughs> you got in a fight with somebody but you if we the same results you would be at a more severe court situation than I would just because I'm yeah. some bumbling fool that you have you're like a ninja absolutely because wow. I'm like a ninja that's what they'll say in court <laughs> do people try and pick fights with you no no one tries to pick people fights don't with get me. drunk in a bar and go hey I could kick your ass no no they don't I've never had any trouble with that I'm sure some of my my friends have but um, I guess just being female and I don't, you know, I don't really have a sign on my forehead that says, World you know, champion. competitive fighter. So. Right. <laughs> so that's how you describe yourself as competitive fighter. Yeah, because it's not, I'm not, I'm a boxer, but I'm also a kickboxer, and my specialty is Sanchow. Sanchow. How so. do you spell that? S-A-N-S-H-O-U. And what does that mean, exactly? Um, that is a good question. Question. Wow. I don't know. Finally. I knew I'd finally come up with one. Thank you very much. <laughs> <I> <laughs> Good job.
Excellent. I don't know the literal transi- translation, but um, it is uh, Chinese kickboxing. So it's like it's like uh, a normal kickboxing, but it has holds and throws, so you can actually catch someone's foot oh. as they're kicking you, and you can put them on the ground. And then once they're on the ground, you have to let them get I back up. I wish we up. could do a demonstration of this <laughs> on someone here. There's got to be someone. Maybe a few Cuba. more iced teas. <laughs> hey, Jack, um, get your guitar. So, <laughs> so how did you get into this sort of whole... Sorry, have a sip of that oh, thing. I'll ask Billy a question. Billy, have you been to a boxing match at all? You've been to these Friday uh, night You know, fights? I have been to a bunch of boxing matches. This um, a friend of mine, a girl I used to date, she was a big boxer. Uh, she did out of Crescent City Gym. And then her trainer is Robert Landry. You know, Bob, he's a great I know guy. Crescent City Gym. Yeah, she, she does stuff over there with Robert. And, uh, and I used to go and get dragged to all the boxing matches all the time. So, like, I go there. I don't go there much anymore. We're no longer with a girl. But um, whenever I go to the box, you know, I'm waving, but she's waving. I'm like, hey, we have boxing <laughs> friends. So we'd go there. Coach boxing James, friends. Stick and Move Productions. You yeah, know, like, yeah, 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 sure. yeah, yeah. Coach yeah. James. Every time he sees me, he pulls me up. He puts me at the ringside seats. Oh, excellent. Yeah, you got the thing. inside ticket. Not anymore. Not anymore. Not, not out of oh, that. But oh. I got to admit, it's, it's a whole cool. There's a large boxing community in the city, which I had no idea. And I mean, I've learned that recently, but yeah. it's a really neat uh it's a really neat network of gems and, and people, and they have matches, and, and, it, and it's pretty. Uh, they have a lot of events. It's fun to go to. Yeah. What happened to the girlfriend? That's that's a whole different show. <laughs> <laughs> How long were you together? Six years. Oh my Six god, years. that's a long time. Yeah, sweet girl. Wonderful. Wait, we're not talking about this on the air. Welcome <laughs> to no. a Grant Morris. Uh, we, can, we can talk about it if you like, no, no, unless you'd rather no. not talk about it. No, you can, no, you can always fine. take a sip of your drink. And yeah, have down. another one. <laughs> of those yeah, how long ago did you? Uh, how long ago did you break up after six years? About six oh, months ago. Just six months ago. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God, there must be something in the water. Maybe. Jess was just telling us that she just broke up with her husband hmm. six months ago as well. Uh, Where did, what happened to your girlfriend? Does she still live here, your ex-girlfriend? Yeah, she lives here. She still, is she still boxing? She, I assume she's still boxing, yeah. No, you don't go anymore. Well, no, I don't go So anymore. there's a place across the street here on Aretha Castle Haley Boulevard. This yeah, Friday Night, Friday fight, night fight Joint. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you ever do that? I, I did do a Friday Night Fight, and I occasionally train over there, actually. My coach does private lessons over there. So you, you, you bought a gym, or you somehow you, I did. you started a gym, or how did that happen? It was some combination of the two, and I'm not sure how it wow. happened, but you're, it happened. You're, uh, you're amazing. How, how do you own a business without being sure how that happened? Oh, you know, it happened, um, I was still 19. I was, it was my sophomore year of college, um, spring of my sophomore year of college, and uh, my coach was... Uh, not teaching in any one gym, you know, he was going from gym to gym at different places, and, you know, I'd meet him wherever, and uh, it was kind of, you know, frustrating, I wanted our own place, Um, you know, I was friends with everyone else who worked with him, and uh, me and this other guy, my friend John, decided, you know, that we wanted one place to train out of, and we wanted our, our own gym, and our coach is absolutely fantastic, Coach Spider. Um, and we wanted him to have, you know, his own place and, uh, you know, a group of people who could represent him. Um, you know, we were really mm-hmm. like a family. So I'm not sure how much of an economic decision it was versus an emotional one. But um, well, you were studying economics at the time. I, I was. Actually, I didn't declare my majors till junior year. So this was a little bit preemptive. Um, so John Spider and I all kind of banded together and uh, we got the paperwork done. And we uh, where is this joint? Well, it was on Calhoun Street, and uh, recently we moved to Velocity on uh, Carrollton and Tulane. So you leased the oh. space? 
We leased a space on Calhoun Street, and then we moved. Uh, Where'd you get the money? I fronted it actually. So you're wealthy very, as well as being very industrious. Wow. <laughs> Lots yeah, of summer very, internships. You and, uh, <laughs> yeah. Are you wealthy as well as everything else? No, no. Did you make a lot of money as an international kickboxing champion? I was actually well. I like to make this distinction that I'm still amateur. Oh. So I don't get paid don't get to paid. fight. There's no prize money. It was for pure love of the sport. Oh, I thought you went professional at some point. No, I was I was going to um, sign a contract to go pro this uh, fall, and yeah. instead, you know, went off, decided to go off to Mexico. Quit the whole thing. Start, so you start start so you're walking away from oh, your yeah. your whole life, basically. I am. It was um, it was actually a very difficult decision. Um, but yeah, so I'm how walking you, away from How long you here? We'll get onto that in a minute. But how long are you here for? Because I've got an idea for you in the meantime. Oh, well, I'm actually packing up my bags and wow. leaving this evening. I'm retired. <laughs> right after <Yeah>. the show. <laughs> wow. Are you serious? Yes. You're leaving to go to Mexico right uh, well, after the no, show? Well, no, I'm leaving to visit family who think they're never going to see me again because I'm going to Mexico. But I leave for Mexico in December. What part of Mexico? We need to get Hugo over here. He is actually from Mexico. He owns this bar, Casa Borrega. Oh, excellent. And he's Mexican. Yeah, I just, I From Mexico I City. Yeah, what uh, what part of Mexico are you going to? I'm going to the Yucatan in the Quintana Roo state. Um, so it's on get, the east and the Yucatan Peninsula. You go over here and give you a few bit of insider info. Yeah, some insider info, some contacts. Oh, that would be great. Be oh, all alone in the jungle. Today is the day. So where are you going to New York <laughs> to say goodbye to everybody? Exactly. I'm going to New York. Um, I'm going to Virginia, wow. where my mom lives. Spend some time with her, and uh, then I will be I will be flying to King. Good old Graham DePonte, our producer, managed to hook you <laughs> the last day. Well, actually, I planned I was either going to leave um, today or last weekend, and I decided make know. it today. Good old Graham. <laughs> Thank you, Graham. Good job. Holy crap! Wow. wow, I'm so glad we've got you. Because if if you you know, God forbid, anything could happen to you, but this would be the last interview. Uh, <laughs> Wow, that's With a fantastic uh, thing to have on her mind. <laughs> yeah, that's I will, right I will, I will, I will die happily uh, knowing. Uh, that uh, <laughs> your, you know, your last word. So, last statement. so I'm going to come back to you in a minute. So, think about what you'd like to tell the world as a goodbye. Yeah. Right, no pressure. Yeah, about what you'd like the world to know about you that you haven't told anyone before that you really wish you'd been able to tell someone. Because you know, people often, you know, die with regret that they didn't say <laughs> one thing or another to someone, and most of them. You know. I think I just regret missing out on scuba diving. No, but you're probably going to die scuba diving, is oh, what I'm suggesting. So you oh, that's <laughs> how it's going to happen. What are you thinking? Jack, how, how would you have a kill? I would, uh, as, a no- <laughs> as a novelist and screenwriter. This, this is, that, that's right. I forgot why I come on this show. This, this is why. Yeah. Um. How, how would you kill oh, someone? The, the, okay, yeah, we're, we're going up. with the question. Yeah. All right. how, would um, you, how would you have this character killed? Uh, in Inner sleep, death by pillow, or something soft. smothering. No, yeah, there yeah. you go. Either it's either a pillow or water. Either way, it's suffocating. But that's, that's awful. Th- that would be murder. You have We want it to be interesting. We want to have a story to it. So right? you have someone murder her? Sure, why not? I mean, if it's just oh, crashing in the ocean or drowning in scuba diving, then well, I'm what's that? Oh, well, yeah, there she drowned. The end. Well, that's something. No, you want to have you know the story to continue going on. It's like well. Who did it? Mm. Why? Oh, okay. Oh, I hadn't thought of that. I was just thinking of some sort of tragic, well, romantic I'm, I'm end. I'm driving up to Virginia, so maybe. Oh no, that's awful. You have to get into a boxing trouble. max to get with a hammerhead shark underwater, <laughs> like this whole thing. Really? You know, the Little Mermaid could be like the little ring. Well, girl. see, that's why. <laughs> could swim that's why I was going with. I the like. Whole I like that idea. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> that's why I was going with the whole inner sleep with a pillow thing because it's completely 
the opposite of what you'd be expecting. Oh, you're playing ah, against. Right. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's, okay I see. I see. No, you're, Billy's going more for the big commercial Hollywood <laughs> right. movie. Which yeah, I'm doing the, uh, the underground indie film. Yeah, yeah. And you're uh, doing more of the James Cameron underwater Titanic meets It ain't nothing Rocky. unless it's got the little mermaid in it. Okay. <laughs> Titanic meets Rocky would be a great selling point for this, though. It would be a great way to go. Hit. Sure. I mean, I'm not wishing you're going to... Hopefully, <laughs> you can come you back. Die, you know, right? yeah, right. rather I would, I would back. like to visit Nola again. But if anybody's like going to die back. in the coolest fashion amongst all of us, I think it might be you. I probably you so, have, yeah. you, have the, you have the coolest trail that direction. <laughs> <laughs> that I don't know how we I got onto this. That's exciting possibility. Well, because you got death. us onto this. Yeah, you very purposely directed this tangent. Jack, how's the film going, talking about... We've got about three scenes left to shoot. That's it, just three scenes. Just three scenes, but there are three problems... Well, one of them is a problematic scene. Uh, the other is just getting it organized together. Uh, I'm sure we can solve that for you right now. Well, let's hope so. I need a saloon. Pro- First of all, tell us, well, look where we are, for Christ's sake. Well, yeah, but I mean, a saloon that looks like it's from the uh, late 18th century. Uh, late 19th century. Well, we could take down the picture Some of, of these Michael pictures Jackson. look like they're Yeah, we yeah. just have to take down these records. All right, let me amend that again. Uh, <laughs> late 19th century looking saloon that will let me film here free of charge. Ah, ah. that oh, Thus the rub. <laughs> Hugo will let you film. Room. I'm sure Hugo will your let you film here. <laughs> but we can ask him that in a minute. But um, So tell us, just give us a little bit of the backstory. If anyone hasn't heard the story before, tell us what Targeted is about. I ran across a script that I wrote when I was six years old. This was what? last year I believe uh, I ran across this script I read it over the phone to one of my friends uh, that I had known since then um, and he just thought it was the funniest thing he's like dude you gotta film this thing because I've done music videos and short subject films and stuff like that and so I was like yeah that'd be that'd be ridiculous yeah I'm gonna film this stupid movie and the more I thought about it it was like yeah that would actually be kind of funny so I started getting together all of the props I started ordering things I started getting sets uh, you know figuring out what I'd need because it was like what would be better than to film this uh, Western movie that a six-year-old wrote and give it the most accurate historical treatment? <laughs> Don't change the lines or the actions or anything. So you haven't changed anything? Well, not with that. Uh, what ended up happening is I had so many people committed to the project and so much money of my own money that I put into it <laughs> that I decided, you know, if I just did the script that I wrote when I was six, it'd be funny, but it'd be kind of a waste of... So- F of um, potential. So you it's know? a six-year-old western. It's a western that a six-year-old a wrote. spaghetti western or wait, <laughs> yeah, spaghetti 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 western. But what I ended up doing then is it was like it'd be a real waste of resources and talent to just write the you know just film this stupid movie. So I took a lot of the same sets that I had already you know gotten together and props and the same characters and just wrote a completely new script. With a completely new story uh, that's, you know, actually got um, an adult story to it. And so I'm filming both of the scripts at the same time. Oh, in the, okay. In the same location. How are you going to put those right. together? Uh, what do you mean? Like, are, you're filming them separately, it's so they're going to be, gonna be two side, or, yeah. separate movies? Oh, you mean whenever what? I release it? Yeah. Whenever I put it up. Inner I, flash between I, the two. I have so. not decided yet. Um, I mean, they're, they're two completely separate stories, but I'm going to... I don't know yet. Uh, whenever I get to that point, I got to finish filming the damn thing first. Right. <laughs> so, right, right. what remains to be filmed? Scenes from both movies. Um, yeah, both movies. The scenes in the saloon, uh, which are in both movies, and uh, there's some scenes that are exteriors, uh, outdoors. Well, I believe that this is what happens when people come up against reality making movies. They have to, you know, come up with a new location. Right. If it's and written that, in a saloon, but unfortunately we can't afford a saloon. So now, could we do it like, uh, you know, right. in your and bedroom? I'm, you know, as as we've uh, gone. 
past a year that we've been you know putting it together and actively filming it um it's gotten because we've already had to do that with a few with a few scenes where we've had to rewrite things are you in sometimes it? drastically are you in it yes yeah i play the um one of the uh leads you don't even look the same as you did a year ago no i how does that work for continuity uh, well no i'm if you can tell i'm trying to grow my hair out a little more because usually I keep it pretty close cropped uh, mostly for the 50s shows because that's I had what noticed. makes the most money what's that oh really mm. but this is you have so what are you trying to grow it out so you uh, can look I'm like it's it more so of an outlaw well, well no so that I can look like I did in the scenes that we filmed at this point last year and uh, you know why did you get it cut at all for the 50s band well yeah because the 50s band I like to have it to where I can style that uh, style it in that sort of particular fashion because that's the band that pays me the most so you know. <laughs> that's the nola troublemakers the nola troublemakers right i'm okay. surprised by the amount of uh filming that goes on in new orleans yeah so it's, uh, hollywood south yeah yeah, yeah. it's a big deal a even big deal here but even the small independent yeah, projects that's what I meant. just like the individual yeah right but all these people here you know who are making movies that's a good point all these people making movies isn't someone got a set that's a saloon or something with all these movies here that you could uh, you would sneak think, into? Uh, I have not run across them yet. Um, I'm sort of, I feel like I'm kind of an outlier from that whole scene because it, there's the whole the whole SAG conglomerate, um, right. which, mm. you know, I really don't have the resources. I, mean, I, know, I know it sounds all, like, prestigious and, um, you know, maybe impressive. It really isn't. Uh, whenever you sounds hear glamorous. filmmaker, director, glamorous, that's the word I'm looking for. Yeah, it um, does. But it isn't, you know, it's like because... I'm really going at this from a super underground indie, almost guerrilla film. I just um, uh, finished filming an independent movie, actually, mm -hmm. that was it sounds like similar undertones, not necessarily to your western, but to what you're talking about, called the dojo. Okay. And we just kind of uh, we found a like sort of dojo. Yeah, a, dan a dojo <laughs> like just out in it. Prairieville, you know, and right. just you know filmed the whole thing there. Nobody was sag, you know. And mm -hmm. It, it worked out well. Yeah. Uh, the, th the thing about... Well experience. Right. The thing about SAG, I'm not anti-SAG. I'm not anti-success or anything like that. It's just I can't afford... Um, just because of cost to, to it. Right. Yeah. The cost. Because if you're going to go with SAG, then you've got to go by all of these different regulations. Uh, and to a certain degree, um, you know, they, they sort of tell you how you have to uh, do your process of movie right. making. Uh, so you're, under, you're way under the radar. You're not oh, SAG, super, SAG super is a Screen under. Actors Guild, well, which is right. the, a well, union. The, that's the thing. Anybody who I've come across, uh, I've had to turn away actors, actually, because they are SAG. They are and SAG, right. so in order to have them perform in my film. Billy, you're in real estate, right? That's correct. Okay, so you're going into buildings, in and out of buildings all day. Yeah. Is there anywhere around here that would look like a saloon that you could dress up? <laughs> there are some... Well, there's some great saloons that you don't have to dress up that are actually you know i, I can't think them off the top of my head but mm. uh you know there are a few spots and yeah there's some great old rooms that uh you might be able to put together sure what's the irish pub right up on st charles around here that's it's got house? yes yeah. probably. Oh, yeah, no, 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 I mean, <laughs> yeah, that wasn't a right smart right ass answer that really that was, is just it's called it's the irish smart, house. i didn't know a smart ass answer but it was about. a good one Sorry. um but it has like the saloon doors yeah, right it like yeah, it yeah. has that Classic. How, mu how many thousands of dollars would they charge per hour to film? Uh, they seem pretty laid back is, or drunk. Jack is a great guy. You know, you know, that guy so I met him yeah. the other day. Uh, for, coincidentally, met him like last week. And he is, the, Matt Murphy is yeah. the nicest guy on the planet. He's one of these guys that will probably be like, yeah, sure, come on in. Oh, that you know? would be so fantastic. Fantastic. I mean, I'm not yeah. 
Matt, if I, you I've, listen to this, I <laughs> never know I'm if not, you don't ask. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, I've I've asked people before, and they have been extremely friendly in telling me uh, exactly how yeah. much it would cost per hour to film. Yeah, some people that are on that radar of filming, they really mm. and and yeah, I've done some of that where you scout out some locations and all mm. that. Or, but uh, it, it's on their radar, so then they know they can mm. ask money. But I'll bet you there are a lot of people if you just come. I mean, how long do you tie up a place for? Like a day, six hours? Yes, I mean, I mean for that. Well, for that shoot, that's a pretty involved scene. There's a big gunfight and a choreographed brawl and stuff in there, so mm. probably be like a two-day shoot. But sure, I would, uh, I would try and work. I, I as well long as I can work myself, guy in back in yellow hat. <laughs> yeah. yeah, guy in back, yellow hat. In yellow hat. But uh, I mean, you know, I'm sure if there's some people that you know, you, you can just ask, and, and people are nice. You know? Right. Well, and, and, and some people are not. I think some, because, oh, yeah. some people. Are because not. New Orleans has uh, seen so much happening with movies. That's why. There's so much of the, uh, yeah. you know, oh, well, yeah. I'm going to charge that because I know that somebody will pay it. If it ain't you, right. yeah, because be the next Because my neighbor got $5,000 a day to somebody yeah. use their front yeah. room right. or some bullshit like right. that. Yeah. Yeah. So now everyone's ruined it. Right. right. Yeah, it's, it's spoiled for the rest of it. Great. That's all right. You make it work. Hugo, come over yeah, here yeah, for one yeah. second. Hey, pull up a chair for a sec. I got not not that one though. Yeah. That's got, that's <laughs> the got a mic with the mic on. This is Hugo Montero, who is the owner of uh, Casa Borrega here. And I dragged you over here, Hugo, because Lydia, who is our guest today, is this is her last day in New Orleans before she moves tomorrow to Mexico. Oh, really? Where? She's moving to Mexico to become a scuba diver. Okay. So I thought maybe you could give her some good advice. I'll be in Tulum. Okay. Okay. Have you ever been scuba diving? No. It's <laughs> no, a great start. Swim. <laughs> I don't swim. Don't swim at all? No, I mean, but... I'm from the Prole, which means I, I grew up really, really poor, you know, to be into social class activities uh -oh. or sportsmanship. But obviously, scuba diving is out of the budget of any Mexican. I can say 99% of the Mexicans, they don't even dream of scuba diving. There's this place in Acapulco, Mexico, where, they, where, where the people go without their protection, like really, really, really deep. And they catch peers and all that, you know, no protection. They just hold their no breath. Latex, no latex, uh, no, you know. Yeah. All, all the palafernalia, nothing. Just it's really like impressive how long some people can stay down just. Mm -hmm. So you're going. Free diving. You're taking yeah. people on tours. Though. You're taking tourists. Right. So it won't be Mexican people. It'll be It'll people be from tourists. outside of Mexico. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it's uh, one of the most unbelievable uh ecological landscapes in the whole earth. I mean, it's just like mm. the, uh, the uh, place with the Riviera Maya going to, uh, to Belize is, uh, I mean, I've been seeing videos, Jack Cousteau used to be there like in the 60s, you know. This is like, I mean, breathtaking. It's like, you Unbelievably know, it, it is, it gorgeous. Is, yeah, yeah, I mean, you, you, you can maybe, maybe like going to Maui or maybe like New Zealand, you know, like, like the Polynesia, but really like the Tulum area is just, uh, I mean, what you see on movies, on documentaries, it's kind of like a forest within, within the water. So it's like poetic, you know, it's, wow. it's beautiful. These are so these caves you're talking about that are there yeah, too. Yeah, and caves and yeah, yeah, they call the underground it lake systems. And they so call it cenotes, the, uh, the old magians used to sacrifice uh, women, beautiful women. <laughs> uh -oh. wow. okay. I, thank in order to that's Tumantino. how I'm gonna die, you and guys. we're back <laughs> to that again. <laughs> so what you've missed in the background? In order to, to maintain like the 
like the ecological system going on. Oh, Somehow no. the magic disappeared. <laughs> Nobody knows what happened with the lot cities. So, you know, don't worry about it. <laughs> so Lydia's background is she's also the world champion, no kidding, world champion kickboxer. Oh, my God. That's why she gets in a strong yeah, that's, <laughs> like why I, that's why I told you before when you shook your hand and you said, yeah, what a strong handshake. Like I said, wait till you find out no, why. No, no, no. It's so not about how, how strong, but the way how you shake. You know, yeah. It's kind of like a power shake. Is like, it? You know, oh, yeah. Power. Yeah, totally strong. like, you know, strong, yeah. firm. Well, she's a world champion concise, kickboxer. And you know. she's the Louisiana champion, Golden Gloves actual Congratulations. boxer. Congratulations. Welcome to Casa Borrell. And she's giving it's it all up. It's a pleasure up. to have you, you here. And you know something? You are going to love my country. And I'm they're gonna so love excited. you. And they're gonna love you. I'm so yeah. excited. Yeah. Do you speak Spanish at all? A little bit. I'm gonna have to go through a crash course, I think. When you come back. By the time I leave. You can come back and do happy hour in Espanol. There you go. Which yeah. we also do. You, do. do you speak Spanish? I speak no Spanish at all, <laughs> nor do I understand it. But Hugo is the host of Happy Hour in Espanol, which is the same well, exact we'll show speak. except in Spanish. And, so. and uh, Grand, Grand, back in the it was the 80s or the 90s, so you did something with Chich Marine. 90s. 90s. He did a I movie think. with Chich Marine. I did. Was it the 80s or 90s? I don't know. Whatever you don't it was. Whatever it was, I don't remember. It was a long time ago. But I didn't speak Spanish in order to eat. Well. <laughs> <laughs> no, so you, you, you're going to have fun. You're going to have fun. It's just an amazing... Hey, how do you get paid uh, for this, by the way? Who pays you? Lydia. Mm-hmm. Who's paying you to be a... Tour? Well, I'm going to be working with uh, Labnaha Eco Tours. Um, and they try to educate people about um, the culture and how to conserve the environment and um, stuff like that. Uh, so I'll be working with them. Okay. Any uh, last words of advice here? Yeah. Seriously. Well, um, New York Times, you know, which is owned by 40% by the second richest man in the earth, that is Mexican, Carlos Slim Perez. Oh. He's, the, he's the first actionist of the New York Times. So somehow, like every two or three weeks, you have some page about Mexico, like in the, you know, like in the travel section. Uh, lately, in the last two years, the, the Riviera Maya, Tulum, and all that is the hip, is the hip place to, to be. Okay. It, Italians, Germans, you know, lots of New Yorkers. So she's going to be in good company. And... Uh, you know, the, the whole drug cartel drama, you know, which is not a drama. It's actually a very serious thing, you know, like, like, like in the border. You are not going to be subject to anything. It's just beautiful. I mean, I'm envious. I'm jealous. Can yes. we go stay with you? When, <laughs> buena suerte y diviértete mucho. Dale un beso para México. Give a kiss to my country. Hooray. I'm so jealous. Hooray. Thank you very much. Okay. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you so much. So now the next thing we're going to do is have another song from Jack Block. What do you think about that for an idea? Excellent. I'm prepared okay. this yeah, time I'm too. <laughs> I'm, I'm you bracing are, but myself. But you know everything Jack does is different, so I bet you this will be totally different. What's this going to be? This is a new song. that uh, It's an original. I actually wrote this. Wow. <laughs> it's, uh, this one's called Letter. said we're gonna put a play together though we don't know yet what it's about well, let's everybody be in it 
So that there's no one left to be in the crowd You know you're ten blocks from the beginning Fifty miles from the start A hundred times you'll stake your claim there A million miles from the mark What's that called? What's that? What was that called? Uh, that's called Letter. 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 This is the last letter I'll write. Is that right. what it's about? Yeah. So it's sort of along with the theme of the today's show of right. saying goodbye. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> goodbye <laughs> forever. No. You are a great singer. <laughs> Thank, Thank you very much. That's amazing. Powerful. You. Powerful. Really Thank powerful you. stuff. And the interesting choices of... Unexpected. Yes. Yeah. Great. Yeah. What is that? What are you saying as your, are your last words? Uh, no, that's a, it's the sort of concept I went with with that was it's a letter I'm writing to uh, um, past younger me. Ah. Who's got to all yourself. these. Uh, yeah, right. Wow. Right. Yeah. I, that's great. <laughs> what, are you, what are you saying to yourself? Exactly? Well, you heard. I just read the, I just sang the letter. I couldn't quite now. make out every single <laughs> word. <laughs> what the lyrics, what so is it? No. It's, uh, it's saying, you know, um, you quit taking everything so seriously, basically. You know. Is it a lesson that you learned in your life, actually? I, I feel like it is, yeah. You used to take things a lot more seriously than you do now. A lot less. Well, I used to, yeah. A yeah. lot more seriously. I used to take things a lot more seriously. And what was the know. epiphany that you had that made you realize? I don't know. It was a few different epiphanies. You know, people close to me dying in, uh, you know, in a relatively short amount of time. And just, mm, we're back to know. dying. So yeah, pe- people, <laughs> dying, people dying make you realize that life isn't so serious. It's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Kind of a backwards yeah. uh, realization. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would think. Right. I think most times when people die, other people say, makes me realize I have to make the most of what I've got and take life seriously and not screw around. Well, maybe right. making the most of what you got is about not taking life so seriously. Right, enjoy maybe it. if you're taking life too seriously in the you beginning. You can enjoy well, it. Well, you're yeah. a person, Lydia, who's just going to do whatever you damn well feel like. Yeah. Uh, pretty much that's, that's, <laughs> where, that's where I've reached. That's where I am right now. I feel like the things that you're going to look back on when you're too old to do anything anymore are, is not going to be the big moments like, I made a movie or, you know, I went scuba diving or, you know, anything. It's going to be, uh, I was it's on happy well, e- yeah, yeah. I mean, not not even not even that uh, not even that big. It was you know I really enjoyed that sunset that you know for the way that it looked from right. 
that seat that I used or to I have in my I, backyard. I yeah. wish I had the balls to do that. What I missed out on, or your opp- you missed opportunities. Well, Billy, what do you? There, what there do you was wish? some like uh, article that came out about the top five regrets of the dying, and the top one was I wish I hadn't worked so much or so hard. Yeah. Well, it doesn't have. Wow. At least we're not affected by that one. <laughs> right. <laughs> Thank God we're out of that. Billy, are you are you working too? Glad hard? we're back to the grindstone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> It's a Thursday. It's, it's a work day. I've got a cocktail. You tell me. Okay. <laughs> what, Billy, if you could choose to walk away from your life, what would you do? You know, I don't know. I mean, I, I kind of like my life. I've crafted it to where I've walked into it. Oh, that's yeah. interesting. So you're doing exactly what you want to be. Weak. Well, I don't know if I'll ever do exactly what No, but is, you but don't have a thing that one I don't of these have days if I make a whole bunch of money, I'm going to go do this or that or the other. You know, I, I've kind of bounced around in a couple of different things, wh- which I've enjoyed every bit of it. But uh, what I do now, I really do have a great little profession. I mean, I know it's like, oh, I sell real estate. It, it seems kind of, you know, mundane. I'm not saying you're saying that. But, like, that's no, it does sound mundane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it, it really is a, it's a great little I, – I get a bop around downtown, uptown. I get a, I get a pop over for a cop, cocktail hour. I, I, I get to interact with the development of the city. It, mm. It's really a great lifestyle. It, it's, it's a good I city really, to be in for it's, it, too. It's fantastic. And it's a good a great time. Place. The historic vibe, just, just what's going on. You can see, you can see the, ch- the city, how it's changing. We're on this you know, just tidal wave of change in a good way. And uh, you just get it. You get to help direct it. You get to be a part of it. It's it's really just a neat thing. I'm I'm glad I'm doing what I'm doing, and I really like the lifestyle that accompanies it. And I just That's get to kind of wonderful. Yeah, That's it, it's awesome. really fun. Do you get to meet interesting people? I do. do I get to meet a few here and there. I mean, today every, you do. Today I do. <laughs> today I do. Every day, look, everybody is. You know, I, I've worked with a few people. I mean, not a lot of high-profile clients, uh, but a few of them. But uh, you know, I got to say, every, they're just as interesting or, or, or everybody well you're probably not going to get away with that without us asking who that is exactly I'm not you know I'm not Can't, you've got to be able to tell us who did you sell the house to Brad Pitt no 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 it's, uh, you know mm, there's some rentals okay. some movie you rental guess. stuff uh, Lydia who's, who's next Sandra Bullock no 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 none of that Jack you got one guess hmm? none of that is it one of the saints no no uh, okay I'll good. tell you I rented a place to uh, Quentin Tarantino was there for a couple of movies. Ooh, That's even better. Yeah, um, hey. It was, uh, it was a pretty funny little... We, we were looking at this place for a location thing. And, uh, and, we're in. And it was all... <laughs> <in the laughs> order. It all ties together. <laughs> and, uh, and they were all up there, their little producer. There was this little guy with his little Prada sunglasses on. And he was all kind of fancy. And Quentin Tarantino was talking something wacky about, like... He got on the Chinese Zodiac. It was like <laughs> 10 in the morning, and he's all like, rats don't eat rats. And because it's bad, I, don't, I don't know what he was talking. He was talking about you can't eat your own Zodiac sign. Oh, okay. And, and so then he starts looking at a movie and everything and at, at the wall and says, this wall is great. And then all of a sudden, I feel like it's important for me to chime in and go, yeah, I think that's great. And then they all looked at me. They stopped like, Whoa. <laughs> forgot to kick this guy out of the meeting that we're having right now. <laughs> Why is he talking? And I'm like, hi, hello, Mom, Billy. I'm, I'm your friend now. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's really good. Yeah. So you rented in the house and none It was just for a location spot. You know, I ended up doing a, you know, who knows what actually made it to the movie because right. it gets morphed into all kinds of stuff. Right, it's right. a wild process. You guys, we've come to the end of happy hour. It's all over. That was fast. I know. It's all gone. And now you have to get out of here. Pick up your bag, get in the car, <laughs> yeah. and drive. Don't and die. Drive. Don't and, die. And go That's into right. the And you've been drinking inevitable. this. 
You've been drinking I these fucking cocktails. That's cocktail how I'm going to die. She has a designated oh I started driving after cocktails. And it's going to be our fault because I had no idea. I thought you were getting on a plane. I thought you were going to have another couple of drinks. No, it's a road trip. Holy crap. Are you on driving by yourself? Train. I am. I just got my tire pressure checked, the oil changed, fluids topped up. Your dad would be proud. My dad is proud. Thank you. If only you hadn't had those two fucking drinks. If only I hadn't had those drinks. Jesus Christ. How long does it take for them to wear off so that you can... Well, well grounds I, I are low. I think this is grounds. mostly is iced limit? tea, so... It's mostly iced tea. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> this is what I'm going to go with. I've heard that before. The <laughs> last time I heard that was on Bourbon Street, I think. <laughs> God, well, maybe we make you a cup of coffee before you leave or something. Uh, I won't say no to coffee. We'll have to do that. Thank you so much for joining me. L- Lydia, best of luck. Lydia Hand has been Thank my guest you. here on the on Happy Hour today. And I hope we'll see you back here soon. Me too. Not too soon, just Not when you feel soon. like Not coming back, soon. though. And Billy Patu as well. Thanks. There's links to you. We have a link to your stuff on our website. And Jack Locke, the great Jack Locke. Thank you very much Thank for you. entertaining us and being part Thank of Happy Hour again me. for the fifth time. Fifth time. You're always invited back, of course. <laughs> Thank you so much. The producer of our show is Graham DuPonte. Our associate producer and technical director is Chris Kehoe. Christian Unruh is our music director and the theme to this show, which you're currently listening to, was written and is being played by Mitch Foreman. The fabulous audio quality of this show is brought to you in part by PreSonus Audio Electronics. PreSonus makes some of the best audio recording and live sound products around, including Studio One music production software. Studio Live, Digital Mixing Consoles, Aero Studio Monitors, and much more. Visit presonance.com for more information about that. If you'd like to be on our show, you can stay alive for another week and <laughs> stay upright for about an hour. Drop us a line. Our address is on our website where you can also check out plenty of other happy hour shows as well as our other shows on itsneworlands.com. Out to lunch with Peter Raschuti live from Commander's Palace Mindset with psychiatrist Dr. Nick Pajic. True to the game with the fabulous Chris True and Tammy Nelson. Vietnam are our show about the New Orleans Vietnamese community with Kim Vu and Midnight Menu Plus One with Margot Moss and the man who ate New Orleans, Ray Canada. You can keep up with us on Facebook, Twitter and a bunch of other social media as well on all of it where it's new orleans if you're listening to this on itunes stitcher or some other podcast app thank you for subscribing to us take a moment to rate and review us that really does help other people find us our show is recorded live today at casa borrega on aretha castle boulevard in central city new orleans happy hours a production of ino broadcasting for it's new andrew duhon may or may not be back here next week let's hope he is until then for all of us here at it's new orleans back at the office and sitting around at the table here at casa borrega i'm grant morris thank you so much for joining us we'll see you next time on Happy Hour.